We are live NBA GM road trip, fresh off our interview with Gavin Shaw of the Locked On Knicks podcast. Harry, how are we doing? We're loving life, loving life. What's up, guys? We're talking about the Big Apple, the team of the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, they've been bad for so long now, but they've got some love coming their way. We're excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, this is a team, you know, most teams you're not really getting too excited when they're around 500, but after everything the Knicks have been through, it's not only been their performances it's been the movement of management, uh, just like the revolving door of people in charge of this team with Dylan pulling all the wrong strings at the top. And then also just the fact that every year they get their hopes up for these big draft picks and then they never get uh, those prime picks either. So it's just been anything that could go wrong with this franchise has gone wrong for so long. Yeah, for sure. They've drafted pretty poorly. Um, I think that things really went downhill when they traded Porzingis, right? Uh, you know, because he, he panned out to be pretty good at the fourth overall pick back in 2015. Then he got hurt, you know, and it, you know he was out for a full year. And then there was that, you know, scandal where, you know, there was an alleged sexual assault charge. And mm -hmm. then, like, after that broke a week later, he's getting traded to Dallas for literally almost nothing in return. A couple of picks, and Dennis Smith Jr. was the prize piece. And as you can see, you know, two weeks ago, he just got traded for Derrick Rose, uh, and they had to include a second-round pick just to get Rose in New York. So uh, that didn't pan out the way that they envisioned. And also, I just think their front office has been really poor about drafting non-shooters across the board. Uh, you know, uh, right. Frank can't really knock down a jump shot. You know, Knox is, you know, definition of inconsistent. I'm <laughs> uh, supposed to be. to be a shooter. Um, you know, and, and then they drafted Robinson, which which has been you know, a diamond in the rough second round pick who's really panned out to be be a great player. And it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to play this year uh, alongside Julius Randle, who, you know, thank God he made the all-star team. I was a bit nervous that Sabonis would take his spot, but uh, they gave it to Randall because of how well he's been playing this year and it's deserved, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I I feel good about uh, just seeing Randall. You see, did you see the video of his mom congratulating on the team? I mean, he's yeah, just it's great. He's had he's had such a you know, I just the fact that the Lakers, it's still crazy to me that they drafted Russell, Ingram, and him, and that all three of them have somehow landed in these different spots and are such successful players but the, the fact that the lakers are such a prime destination that they just didn't hit any of those guys is crazy to me um but it, it's good that it's good that the knicks have finally might have that alpha i, I don't know if i still don't know the, the jury's out on whether randall can be the best player on a true contender mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's the case but he is an all-star and he's a deserved all-star and he showed flashes of this his last year with the pelicans and then this year he's gone even beyond that so it's an exciting time for him yeah weirdly enough and obviously no offense to uh new york knicks fans but i just think that they've had really poor roster construction for a couple of years now and even looking at the team now uh, it seems like they're still a year or two out from from really buying in uh you know luckily they've got a good coach in tom thibodeau and, uh, you know, I truly believe that he, he's a motivator, and, you know, just like uh, when we did our interview, 
uh, you know, yeah. people can buy into his system, especially young kids. Uh, and I think that RJ Barrett and him are going to have a great relationship moving forward, especially with Derrick Rose being able to be a mentor for Barrett in his second year. And uh, he looks like he's made a jump this year. But then again, you know, a lot of their early draft picks that they've selected over the years aren't even getting time. You know, Frank Nicolina is pretty much out of the rotation. Yeah, mm-hmm. are they going to resign him? Probably not. They're going to look to trade him for probably pennies on the dollar at this point. Knox, yeah, he's still much. so terribly young and he can't see the floor. Uh, but then again, I think that he can be part of their plans moving forward. Uh, but then they have Alfred Payton. I don't know what that signing was about. Uh, you know, they already have guys at the point guard position, especially last year. Uh, you know, when they signed him to return, they had Frank at the one, they had Dennis Smith at the one, and they had quickly as well. Uh, that they had just drafted. Alex Burks can play the one. Austin Rivers can play the one. It looked like they were, you know, specifically seeking out inconsistent yeah. three-point shooting point guards. <laughs> and they did a good job of it, I guess. And, yeah, it looks like they're distributing the love a little bit more. But Alfred Page just cannot be the starting point guard for them moving forward. It's, it's got to be Derek Rose. If they don't believe that quickly can be that first guy, uh, in my opinion, Payton's got to go. Yeah, opinion. I mean, you know, you know as well as anyone that how Alfred Payton works. You know, he he'll put up a triple double, you know, one out of five games, and everyone loses their mind. And then he just has these stretches of games where it's like, how is this man, you know, commanding our backcourt right now? It's it's just like, there's just no, you know, the one thing you need from your point guard is like, you know, obviously you want them to be an alpha and you want them to be one of your main men, but more than anything, you just need the consistency at that position. And Albert Payton is so far from that consistent force. And also, if you look at players who are stellar point guards in the NBA, they're vocal guys, right? Yeah. It's hard to name a guy who's soft-spoken at the point guard position. Maybe Kimba a little bit is someone that comes to mind, but he's still, you know, walks and holds himself with a bit of poise and, and like he's a top dog and Elfridge just always been super soft-spoken uh, you know he's never really you know yelling shouting flexing and that's what you want in a point guard you know you want someone who's out there and steering the ship you need uh, a cp3 yeah you, you need someone who's got a bit of swagger to him and uh, especially in new york city in the big apple you know he, he, they have critics they're the definition of a fan base who will rip them apart and you got to have someone who's going to face that challenge. And that's why I think that quickly, even though, he, you know, he's a bit soft-spoken as well, he's got the talent to back it up. And I think that he's got a chip on his shoulder because he was selected so late in the draft coming out of Kentucky. And uh, I, th- I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. And I-, I love his game so far. He's got a very interesting shot to where he can get to spots and he has a leaning. It's not, it's not a fadeaway. It's like a fade forward, if you notice. He goes right very yeah, well. Yeah, really unique. Goes left very well, where his momentum is pushing him in one direction. But he can still get a shot off because he's getting around the defender's hands uh, with that momentum to get, get the shot off. And clearly, he's practiced that, and it's comfortable for him. And right there around the elbows in the mid-range section, he's lights out. So uh, I, I think that he is uh, he's a spark that, that really is going to, run with the Knicks. As far as quickly can go, I think is where they can go. Uh, Barrett's going to continue to, to grow into his own. Uh, you know, and I think that he could be an all-star uh, at some point in his career, maybe two, three years out. And then once Mitchell comes back, you know, I, I think they really can make a run for the playoffs. So uh, a lot of these trades that I've made are really to try to semi-compete, right? Um, because 
they're going to have some cap space this summer. They're going to re-sign Randall, obviously. It doesn't look like he's going to want yeah. a change of scenery the way he's been able to play within their system. But they've got a lot of guys coming off the books. Peyton's gone. Burks won't be on the books. Nicolina, like I said before, Gibson won't be around. Noel, if they want to re-sign him. So they really have a lot of options. And we'll see what they can do. I think Bullock as well, actually, can be an unstricted free agent. So yeah. uh, the guys that I really think should be on the trade block for them are, like I said before, Alfred Payton, uh, if they can find a good deal for him. Uh, and then Austin Rivers as well. Uh, I yep. think that they just have plenty of guards, like I said before. And he's got two more years on his deal, but his contract's like three and a half million a year. So it's really not that bad. That's movable, in my opinion, especially to a contender. Uh, and then if they can find something for Frank. So uh, I, I think that their biggest need is small forward right now. They're starting Reggie Bullock and not he's, it. he's a solid shooter, right? And he has been for years. It's funny because when he got into the league and he really couldn't get much consistency of minutes and no one really knew what to, what to place him as. But then all of a sudden, bam, he becomes a shooter. He grows his hair out. You know, he gets some confidence <laughs> in his shot. <laughs> and now, now he's been a touted, stretch shooter for years, but I, I think he's a bench guy at most, especially for a playoff team. So I think they're looking for a small forward, starting small forward, uh, maybe not for the future, but maybe just to you know, get this young core to build on a playoff bound year. You know, I, yeah, I think it goes. No, I, I just think you, you raise a, an important point, which is the fact that there does need to be movement in order for this team to grow, because there's another example in the conference, the Western conference of, the Sacramento Kings, two seasons ago, similar in the fact that they're both pitiful franchises, uh, at mm -hmm. least in the 21st century. And the Kings made this mistake where they got a nine seed. They finished at the nine seed two seasons ago. And they kind of just, they just sat there. Um, and, and they're known for having a management that just never really pulls the trigger. Mm -hmm. Granted, it, it's, you know, tough to lure people there as well. Um, mm -hmm. which the Knicks have the advantage of. But when you move from being at the very basement of the conference up towards the fringe playoffs, the nine, the eight seed, you, you can't just assume that that trajectory is going to continue. Mm -hmm. um, so I, if I'm the Knicks, you can't just assume that, oh yeah, all my youth, all my youth is, you know, getting better every year. So if things continue, they're going to finish even better next year and then better the next year. Now you got to surround them with the pieces and you got to keep, criticizing your roster and, and looking at what those holes are yeah it's building blocks it's building blocks i really do believe in development and a winning program that's how the spurs have been so good for so long uh you know but i think that if they really want to make a run out of this year which it looks like they are you know they're they're seeming to be a win now get into the playoffs team and see what they can do they need to make a move so my first trade uh, i have with the houston rockets that team's just pretty much in shambles right now. They're they're in a full rebuild, I think, here uh, sooner rather than later. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to draft Jalen Suggs or you know Jalen Green uh, high in the lottery uh, to try to pair with John Wall. Uh, yep. But Christian Wood is the man, and he, he can be their starting center. That's very obvious as they waived Boogie Cousins uh, this week, which hopefully he can find a contending team. But so I just have them doing a quick flip where they trade Frank Nicolina to Houston for Daniel House Jr. I think that the Rockets could do this straight up. Uh, they actually have an undrafted kid named Deshaun Tate who is starting for them at the small four position. 
And yep. wow, did they find a guy? He's a hard worker. He doesn't look like he's got an NBA body, but he's athletic enough. And he reminds me a lot of PJ Tucker, frankly. And he's hard nosed and he's a great defender. And he's pretty much just taken Daniel House's job easily. And Daniel House is one of those guys who, who, you know, was one of the undervalued guys in the NBA back two years ago when they signed, re-signed him for that three-year deal. Uh, you know, they loved what he brought to the table. Uh, he could stretch the floor, uh, lights out, and a pretty solid defender and has good size. So I think Houston maybe takes a flyer on Frank, see what he can do. Uh, they actually don't have a backup point guard right now if you take a look at them. Uh, so I think that this would solidify that Frank starts to get consistent minutes behind John Wall. Not a bad guy to learn from in John Wall. And I think that uh, it would work out for both teams. It's very low key. But then again, the Knicks would be getting a shooting small forward who can start. And then they can put uh, my man Bullock off the bench. Yeah, it's crazy to me that so when the Rockets first acquired P.J. Tucker, he was a small forward um, when they brought him in. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just with Maury Ball and the way things are, basically everyone on the Rockets kind of plays a position above what they truly are. Mm-hmm. Um, and under Maury Ball, House thrived um, at what he did. Um, he was able to kind of play multiple positions and – like you said, it, he was he was one of those key pieces on um, on their deep runs there, but Tate has has you know just kind of emerged on the scene and and taken his minutes um, and like like you said, I don't think it's a fit right now uh, for him on the Rockets, and I also don't think it's a fit for Nilakina on the Knicks. Um, so I think both teams would be willing to swap in the sense that both of these guys clearly have some upside in what they do. Nilakina is a lockdown defender when he needs to be. And you can't just keep waiting for his offense to emerge. Um, Hasn't happened yet. And Daniel House's shooting percentages aren't where they're at uh, or where they want him to be at. Um, But he's shown flashes before of of someone who has a little bit more of a carved out offensive game than Milikina has. Yeah. I mean, right now the Houston Rockets backup point guards are Oladipo. Uh, So they really do need, uh, backup point guard, especially because Old Depot has been in trade rumors. They might try to deal him at the deadline as well. So uh, I think that Houston's going to be pretty open to selling almost their whole team, not named John Wall and Christian Wood and this kid Tate uh, and Kevin Porter Jr., which I don't know how they got him for free. Just a second round pick. Such a such a good player. I don't He's know. Dominating what, the G League, too. Yeah, he had a triple double yesterday. And I don't yeah. know what the issue is and, and what happened with him in Cleveland. There, there was an issue. Uh, but yeah, I think that he could be their starting shooting guard beside John Wall and watch out for them to bounce back in a crazy way and in a quick way. So I like that trade for both teams. Uh, yeah, took a shot too. in the dark on, on a shooter for the Knicks because, you know, they're, they're really low on shooting. And then Frank, he's still a young kid. And, you know, that's a team that needs a back on point guard. So the next team. Uh, that also I think is going to be taking a lot of calls to the deadline. We talked about this is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I have Frank Nicolina and Alfred Payton going to the Thunder for Trevor Ariza and Justin Jackson. So uh, really, I don't think that Alfred Payton would be in any part of their future plans there uh, in OKC. Their backup point guard right now is actually Shea Gilgis-Alexander behind Theo Maladin. Uh, George Hill has been injured, so he's completely out of the rotation at this point. 
And I, I think that they would just want to see what they have in Frank, right? Uh, you know, their GM, Sam Hinkie, he's the man uh, when it comes to taking on a little bit of a project here and there and, and seeing what he can turn them into, right? He, he did that with Diallo, he's doing that with Isaiah Roby, uh, Baisley, another kid we've talked about. Yeah. So I, I think that they could bring him in, in there and see what they've got. Um, and I think that he would surprise some people with new scenery uh, and the ability to play. And then Alfred, you know, he would just do it to make the money work because Trevor Ariza has pretty much just said, I'm not going to play for the Thunder this year. Uh, but you know, I, I think that he would want to play for a team that's competing and he would be able to, to fit right there into the starting lineup. And uh, you know, I think he could bring, bring a, a sense of professionalism to that team He's won a championship before he's competed in very deep playoff teams. And I, I think they would love him. And then also take a, a flyer on Justin Jackson. We talked about Jackson before, uh, you know, we don't really know what he has yet and what he can bring to the table. He's been getting s- some minutes uh, with this team, but again, he's their third string small forward. So not really seeing a lot of the floor. So I don't think that the thunder would mind taking on Nicolina and, and really giving up not too much. It is funny. Um, yeah, I like this trade too. It is funny that when we talked to Thunder Chats, uh, he was telling us a little bit about how he didn't think Justin Jackson would see the court going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of what ended up happening is just things opened up for Justin Jackson. He had a couple of huge games, uh, a couple of games, two games in a row where he put up over 20. And um, he kind of just became, you know, I, I saw like the Thunder fans on Twitter going crazy saying like, wow, like, you know, we love Justin Jackson. He kind of just became like this cult hero really quick. And then that's kind of died down again. Um, he's he's kind of resorted back to a little bit of what he was, but he's still getting the minutes. Um, he's getting way more minutes than we would have guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ariza thing is tough to analyze just because it says he's out for personal reasons. Uh, there continues to be reports about, what's going on with him, but no one really knows. Um, and mm-hmm. like you said, maybe it is something where, you know, he just doesn't really want to play for the thunder. And at first uh, I know he sat out of the bubble and um, there was talks about whether it was COVID related, but they've kept that personal matters uh, label on there, which is just such a general term. And it doesn't really allow you to get much insight um, into whether he'll be available, but as a fit, um, as a player who's, you know, won a championship and just been on several playoff teams. I mean, Ariza is great um, getting that. I, I don't think he, I think he's similar to Iguodala in the sense that he doesn't have a whole lot left in the tank, no, no, but much. just in terms of, just in terms of, you know, having been there before and, and done that um, he's great. And then, you know, we already talked about Nilakina and, and Peyton a little bit, but um, they're two guards that they're just, they just shouldn't be starters on your team. Um, maybe Nilakina has a little more time to prove that, but Peyton in terms of, it's just the volatility for me. It's just the fact that you, you just can't trust it to be constant. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good deal. And I especially think Justin Jackson, there's still something about him. And I know you said this when you were asking Thunder Chats about this, like mm-hmm. there's something about his game that he showcased in college that it looks, he looks smooth. Like he looks like yeah. a good player. And um in recent weeks, he's shown a little bit of that. So I think there's some promise for him. He's a three and D guy. And I, I think it, it would be hard to find too many NBA fans. If you ask them, name the teams that Trevor Reese has been on in a row that they could do it. I mean, I couldn't do it. I mean, he's been on yeah. at least eight teams, uh, believe it or not, he was drafted by the New York Knicks. So I think it'd be kind uh, of a fun 
you know, bringing it back to his roots, where it all started. Uh, let me go out with a bang, maybe get another year deal uh, at the minimum next year with the Knicks to return to maybe start or come off the bench. I think that they'll spend some money this summer um, to try to help their guys out after they have their first round exit, if they make it in the playoffs, they're currently the 10th seed, but right now in the East, everything from the four seed yeah, to about the 13th tight. seed is right there. So yeah. uh, it's very interesting, but I think that Ariza, he doesn't want to be with the thunder and, and it, it would be a nice change of scenery and, and it could be a good story. Uh, so it, last- is, it is crazy that like he only plays on playoff teams too. Yeah. <laughs> he, like he's only been on good teams, which is wild. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's been around and he's a coveted asset. At least he has been in the past. And then uh, last but not least, you know, I think that the Heat at this point really do need to make a deal. They're struggling, uh, you know, uh, offensively, but also, uh, you know, you can just see that the air in the balloon is, is deflating a bit. You know, they're, they're losing their, their feet. Uh, they're losing kind of that traction that they gained, uh, you know, and that confidence that they built from the finals, especially, you know, just taking loss after loss in a poor season for them uh, where they're not back to full strength, really seeing – you know, how much Jay Crowder meant to them on that playoff run. So uh, I think that they could be reluctant to spend on Duncan Robinson this offseason uh, because they mm-hmm. could potentially be looking to clear some money uh, to make, you know, a little bit of a run at a free agent. So I think that uh, the Knicks in return would be getting Duncan Robinson and Andre Ihudala. Duncan Robinson would be uh, a very good fit right beside this team because R.J. Barrett's not a great shooter uh, and quickly is doing okay. Uh but I think that, you know, when you have Robinson out there on the court, you really only have three shooters in Randall and it would be Robinson. And then it would be quickly, you know, a little bit of quickly uh, Robinson would be able to solve that problem immediately. He would open up the floor for drives for Barrett on the left side. He would help quickly with the pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, you know, he could even set screens for Randall. Uh, you know, yeah. there's just a lot of things you could use a six, seven lights out shooter like Duncan for and then they would have the money to pay him this offseason. Then Andre Hudal, they'd be, just be making some more cap room, uh, and they could waive his contract after the year. But still, it'd be fun to have a veteran presence like Iggy on the sideline for the Knicks uh, to help mentor these young guys. And then the Heat in return, you know, they're not getting uh, anything short of, uh, of something that could they could build on. They would get Austin Rivers. He's proven to be you know, a serviceable guy. They don't really have a lot of guard depth there. So that would, that would be help. And then they would bring in Frank Nicolina as well, uh, you know, see what they can get for him. And also they could resign him to something, you know, very minor uh, to where, you know, wouldn't hit their cap too hard. They could still pursue what they want to uh, and get deals for maybe some highly yeah. touted guys. And then they would get Kevin Knox as well. So uh, as well as a second round pick uh, for that summer. So what they could do is they could bring in, you know, maybe more of a win now drafty there with the second round pick. Uh, they could come and contribute maybe a third year, fourth year college guy, uh, you know, for a minor deal. But then all, all these guys, hypothetically, they could play into their roles. I mean, we talked with Vice City Alerts. The Heat are very good at turning non-shooters into shooters. And that's exactly what they could do with Frank and Kevin. Young, raw players who can defend in their long. And if you put them in the Heat system, get Pat Riley watching them, Eric Spolstra. They've done a great job uh, turning non-basketball players into very good basketball players recently. Yeah. And that's exactly what these two guys are. They're non-basketball players who don't get minutes. So uh, I think it'd be a flyer and I I think it could, I think they could reap the benefits of that trade uh, and it could be cited, um, you know, very favorably for the heat if they can turn these guys' careers around. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to bet that in your three-point, in your high school and collegiate three-point shooting career, that your three-point shot probably didn't go up every single season you played, right? Definitely not, no. It's up and down. <laughs> yeah. It's up and down. It really depends. Okay. All right. Yeah. My point is, my point is that when Duncan Robinson shot uh, 45% last year, I think a lot of, I heard a lot of Heat fans say, oh man, it's only year two. Like imagine what he's going to be shooting next year. And it's just like three point shooting doesn't work like that, like at all. Um, And this season he's a tick below 40%, which with how many attempts he's putting up, that's, ridiculously efficient that's so good um the fact that he's hanging around 40 percent. i mean the fact that he was around 45 percent last year shooting eight a game is just insanity um and he just had one of those magical seasons you can't expect that every year and i mean the fact that he's even around 40 percent this year actually shouldn't be discouraging it actually should be encouraging it it Mm -hmm. shows that um last year wasn't wasn't anything crazy and this is a dude who can constantly do that um, and like you said, there, there's been some contracts recently of players with a similar game as him that show kind of an, give you an idea of what he's going to demand in the market. Uh, the Bertans and uh, Joe Harris, money, guys who are, are primary three-point shooters um, and in minus defenders, uh, mm-hmm. especially Berton. Uh, so I think um, – I think in terms of Duncan Robinson, I think what you're going to get is you're just going to get a guy that's going to be a stud shooter for years. He's 26 right now. Um, You know, what sucks about this from the heat perspective is that Kevin Knox truly was drafted to be that that shooter. Yeah. Yeah. And and it just, it hasn't happened yet, but you're right. The heat have shown the ability for years and years of being able to carve these shooters out make you get, get you a guy that's lacking confidence and, and give you all the confidence in the world, work on your shot till it gets to the point it needs to be. And Knox is the one in this trade where it's like, he truly, like when you just watch the video of him pre-draft, it's like, this guy's stroke is like, he's going to be another Devin Booker out of Kentucky. Very smooth, very smooth. Like, and he's bigger, he's like, much bigger than Devin Booker. Right, right. It's just like, yeah, exactly. It was like, this guy is going to be like a, you know, is going to be a beast and and Milikina, i don't think is ever going to come to that point and no. rivers is kind of you know approaching approaching being like a veteran in the league but he's a a streaky scorer who's also um we talked about playoff experience he's been on good teams um mm-hmm. so i i think you know if the knicks really want to this is tough because these are two teams that maybe are trending in a bit different directions the Knicks are feeling encouraged by what they've seen this season and on the opposite side of that coin it's like the Heat are probably feeling discouraged after making that finals run and then seeing what they've done so far this year yeah and what's beautiful about is the Knicks really wouldn't be losing too many rotational players in this trade and they'd be bringing in a guy who can start for them right away and that's funny that you say that about Duncan and that he's 26 uh yeah, this isn't a kid who was a one and done. He played one year D3 and then he played three years at Michigan. He's he's pretty much a finished product at this point. There might be some some growth in his defensive coverage and his placement mm-hmm. of where he puts his body on the defensive end, which just happens with age, but also just making sure that you keep your body in check. Uh, but yeah. I, I think that the Heat would be able to get some young guys that, that they could really mold and craft. And Jimmy Butler would be their role model. And you can't you can't picture a better guy who's going to tell you what to do um, 
you know, and he's going to expect nothing but excellence out of you. And I think that, you know, these guys would be up to that challenge, right? Because they've had some unfortunate circumstances go their way in New York where they can't, they didn't become the first round early selection that everyone envisioned, but they still would have time for a fresh start and to see what they can do down there in Southern Florida and winning through a building program. I, I think that the Heat would, would love this trade uh, and they would be giving up hardly anything uh, besides Duncan. And I, th- I think that it could, it could work for both teams where the Knicks could make a run and the Heat could retool with some depth to try to sneak back into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love this trade. And, and also the Jimmy Butler narrative has changed a little bit, just like, you know, partially due to the success of the Heat last year. But, you know, we went through several years of people saying like, oh, you know, no one wants to play with this guy. He's an all-star, but, you know, he brings down the level of everyone around him because, you know, he's he's moody and, you know, all these narratives that kind of hung over him like a dark cloud for years. And then last year, you know, whatever the case was, I, you know, I don't know if it was on their own or, you know, if someone in management kind of told them to stick their neck out for Jimmy, but basically every young player on that team came out and said just how much they loved playing with Jimmy. Um, so I think just his overall reputation as, you know, a number one on a team has changed from being, you know, he's still intimidating, like you, you said, mm-hmm. but he's intimidating in like a welcoming way and like a sense that like people do want to play with him. Yeah, this is the last thing I'll say about that. The reason that he got such a bad rep is because he was playing with prima donnas. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to be completely honest about that. Who is he playing with in Minnesota? Former number one overall pick, Carl Anthony Towns. He's been fed everything he's wanted his whole life. Seven-footer, went to Kentucky, first overall selection. Unfortunate he's in Minneapolis. Andrew Wiggins, again, number one player out of high school, number one player in college, number one overall selection, prima yeah. donna. Then – he goes to Philadelphia and he's with Ben Simmons, number one player out of college or out of high school and one player out of college, number one overall selection. Yeah. Like he, he is not that kind of guy. He didn't grow up like that. He's the 30th pick in the first round. He's the last pick of the first round, you know, and luckily he went to Miami where there were a lot of guys who felt that same sentiment. You know, there were guys that you know, didn't even have an NBA shot in Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, who got into play. That's you know, a guy like Udonis Haslam, even though he doesn't play, it's a little bit of the yeah. same narrative. Like, people wrote him off. No way he'd have more than a 10-plus-year career. He's one of the only guys who stuck with his team for 10-plus seasons, same team. You know, Bam Adebayo, he was drafted a bit late. You know, he was out of Kentucky, big man. A lot of people didn't think that his game could translate and he could add more tools to his bag. Now he should be an all-star. Yeah, so I think there were a lot of guys, Goran Dragic as well. You know, he's a guy that came out of Europe. No one really knew what they had with him. He's been consistently very solid for years. And they were looking to prove something. And I think that Jimmy came in there at a perfect time to really say, like, hey, fellas, like, we're the misfit toys of the league, but we're not going to back down. We're not these number one overall picks, you know, who got a Nike deal the second day they got drafted. You know, and I think that that's like the definition of how Jimmy has been so successful successful in Miami. And I think that if I were the heat, I would bring in guys like that guys with the chip on their shoulder, they're mad and uh, they want to prove it. And I think that that's how they, they were so successful last year. It also helped. They didn't have, have to play in other teams, gyms with their fans, especially Boston. Um, just cause it's impossible <laughs> to play right right. there in the garden. Yeah. But 
Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's the that's why he got such a bad rap because you know Wiggins was complaining about how hard Jimmy was on him because no one's ever been hard on these guys because they've gotten whatever they've wanted. And I think that Embiid as well can be a little bit of a prima donna guy. You know, like the first two years when no he doubt. was in the NBA, he was a top, what was he, third overall selection, fourth overall selection, one yeah, of those. Yeah. Uh, he didn't play for the first two years. You know, he was eating cheeseburgers and rehabbing. And they, they let him take his damn time, you know, trust the process. It was a rebuild thing. You know, he was just like highly, they just loved him, you know, and, and there was no shade thrown his way. And Jimmy held these guys accountable. And I don't think that they liked that. So uh, that's my two cents on why no, he's like kind that. of bad like rap uh, is, is just because he's a dog and he's not going to let these kids just do whatever they want. Like he's going to show up to practice and make their ass work. And he's going to guard Wiggins. He's going to guard Ben Simmons. <laughs> and he's going to talk yeah. shit to them in practice. And that's who Jimmy is. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Cause like right now there's just such an obsession with like this camaraderie. Like it seems like the media just like wants to capture like all these guys smiling and, and giving each other handshakes. Like, I, I mean, the warriors kind of set that model with, you know, clay thompson goofing around and you know steph all smiles and clay showing up mm. to the press conference of you know other players on the team like it's just like it's it's not always gonna work like that and when you can stumble upon a five-time all-star it's like you know why is this dude getting passed around like a hot potato like you know maybe we should uh maybe we should look at the fact that you know the teams before him have been way too quick to give up the, the sixers were a bounce away from from going to you know at least to face the bucks in the next round against the eventual champions like it's crazy that these teams have just sold him short the wolves made the playoffs one of the only years that they had him on the team so mm-hmm. i mean whatever whatever no sorry to go on a rant when we're talking next basketball <laughs> about mr butler but we man, that do. really, we that, really that grinds my gears when people talk about him uh because you know, I'm not a terribly big fan of his game because I truly do believe in the new era. And I've said this before, all five guys need to be able to shoot the ball in a perfect world. If you're constructing a team, all five have to be able to shoot the ball. That's why they have guys like Dragic and Robinson. Adebayo's finding some range in the mid-range. Hero as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just love him. And I think that that's why they've been so successful is frankly because of Jimmy. If Jimmy wasn't down there in South Beach, they would be bottom five team in the NBA yeah great point I will wrap this up by asking you about the next you know what's your what's your hunch do you think they make the playoffs and then like do you think you know I mentioned the Kings earlier but like do you think this is a fraud season and then they'll just go back to being kind of bums or do you think like they're actually looking like they're heading the right direction I think that this season if I were to guess they're gonna be either the eighth or ninth seed and there's an asterisk there, right, uh, listeners, because the 10th seed makes the playoffs this year in this weird era of COVID. So uh, I think that they do get into the playoffs, not the 6th seed like they were a week ago. Uh, but I think that they gain some momentum. Derek Rose ends up becoming the starting point guard. I think they re-sign Rose. They re-sign Randall. They re-sign Noel. Uh, maybe Bullock. You know, And then I think that they try to make a splash this summer. And they come back with a bit of a vengeance. And they also have Dallas's first round pick this year. So mm-hmm. I think that they can bring back a couple other young guys, retool, and be ready to go to, to be a bit more serious. And if Jul- Julius Randle can replicate what he's done this year, Barrett can grow a little bit more. You know, if you can see a little bit more flashes of 
Robinson being able to catch the basketball in the paint and make a quick move to finish because he's yet to add that to his bag. Um, and then quickly is going to grow. I, I really do think that quickly um, is going to grow quick, quicker than what people expect um, pun intended. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for New York, which is hard to say because it's been a while uh, since they've been good, but I think that their new president of basketball operations, Leon Rose, he's a class act. He's been an agent for years. He was Carmelo's agent. He's the Morris twins agent. He used to be Chris Paul's agent. He used to be LeBron's agent. I do believe and so he's been around and I think that he'll be able to recruit guys to New York. No problem. So if I ask you the question, do the Knicks win a playoff series, just one series in the next three years? Yes. Hard to say, right? I'd probably say, why not? Why yeah. not? The Raptors are on the, they're looking down. Uh, the Hornets are trending up. The Heat are trending down Boston. Who knows what's going on? Uh, you know, Atlanta's competitive, you know, not even going to talk about Orlando, who knows, uh, you know, but I think that the Knicks are trending in the right direction. And the best thing about being in the biggest market in the country is you can recruit guys to come in there and they will make so much money off advertising on top of the money that they get from New York, which they have to spend. It'll be a no brainer for Rose to bring some serious Leon Rose, not Derek Rose to bring in some serious guys who can contribute and be a face of the franchise. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for the Knicks. And like you said, yeah, that that provision, I guess, that they have in place this year where the 9 and 10 seed actually, you know, have a chance at making it into the dance actually helps them a ton. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Because they, they can still linger around there and have a couple bad losses, but then come playoff time, it's a different story. So uh, I'm looking forward to these playoffs and they're coming sooner rather than later because it's a short season. So appreciate everyone listening. Um, love you guys. Watch out for New York, man. I, I think that uh, they're going to cause some chatter in the next couple of years. All right, go next.